What's up, everybody? It's Coulter Nuanez from your favorite daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now, which airs live each weekday between 4 and 6 p.m. on 102.9 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide television, SWX Montana TV, and worldwide on the ESPN MT app. And of course, as you're listening right now, you can always find Nuanas Now archived as well on the Nuanas Now podcast. If you haven't checked out the M Store in downtown Missoula, you need to. At the M Store, they're all Grizz all the time. They have some of the best, but more importantly, most unique selection of Grizz gear you're going to find anywhere. They got stuff that nobody else in town, nobody else in the state of Montana has available. And right now, the M Store has a whole bunch of great deals going on. April specials include huge percentage discounts on all headwear, sweatshirts, and jackets. They also are now an authorized Apple service provider. They offer computer repair. They got MacBooks, iPads, and a whole bunch of great Apple products in store there as well. Go check out the M Store, located at the corner of Higgins and Broadway in downtown Missoula, Montana. It's a great new location, a ton of merchandise, all April long at the M Store. Polos, headwear, sweatshirts, jackets. Go check out all their maroon and silver. The M Store, where they're all grizz all the time. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Remember when Puff Daddy became so famous that then everybody hated him? And then he didn't care and he kept going? <laughs> America's hilarious, man. You can be so good that you're too good, so that we tear you down. But then if you keep coming back, then all of a sudden we like you again. The way we operate is, is something else, especially when it comes to music and sports. We talk both around here every single weekday between 4 and 6 Right here on ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I am Coulter Nuanas, and we are coming to you live from the ESPN MT studio here at Missoula Broadcasting Company. Missoula Broadcasting, locally owned and operated for more than 15 years, and certainly happy to say so. Missed anything in the first hour of the show? We talked Matt Logie, officially introduces the head coach at Montana State, had a couple Sound bites from his press cards. Maybe we'll circle back and, and play a couple more of those uh, later on in the week. We also attacked Michael Jordan in the world he made, a, revisit, a revisitation of the conversation about the phenomenon that was Michael Jordan, Nike, and uh, his unbelievable rise to fame, sort of through the lens of the movie Air. And we gave you some free wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. All of it on the Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store, and the MSU Bookstore. We'll start out for our ESPN Roundtable. And if you've been paying attention to Nuanas Now lately, you know we've been talking a lot of NBA playoffs. So we bring back a good friend of the show, a University of Montana journalism school grad, a guy who has been all over the place, literally all over the globe, in a variety of different professional basketball-related jobs. Austin Green, back for another version of an NBA playoff conversation. Austin, my man, what's going on? Tell people just the update, what's been going on with you. Yeah, for sure. First of all, thanks for having me on, Coulter. I appreciate it. Always, uh, always good to be on a uh, local, you know, Missoula station and everything. No, lately I've been traveling around a lot this season. I was in Europe for about three months. I went to Vegas and saw Victor Wimbanyama versus Scoot Henderson back in October. That's the projected number one and number two picks in the upcoming draft. So that was awesome. Went over to Europe and, uh, and scouted some events there. And uh, right now I'm working for a basketball analytics company called Cerebro Sports, which is a, a startup. Um, so I'm doing some scouting and uh, helping them expand internationally and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's the latest. 
Well, super cool. We're going to talk all things NBA playoffs, but I got to uh, ask you about the Victor Webb and Yaba versus Scoop game because oh, we had it on in the house and we were we were screaming like it was the biggest game in the history of the world, even though it was just an exhibition because both those guys were so ridiculous, especially Webb and Yaba. I mean, he's on the cover of Sports Illustrated and and he's everywhere. It's 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 real, uh, it, as they call it in uh, in France, Webb and Mania. So what do you think of this kid? Uh, he seems like the latest, at least, that's being deemed like a potential unicorn. Yeah, I know. He's, he's unbelievable. I think everyone's saying he's the best prospect since LeBron James, and I think that's right on. Like, he's he's incredible. Uh, for those who may not know much about him, he's like seven foot four, seven foot five, eight foot wingspan, which just, just to put this in comparison, the difference in height and wingspan between Victor Wimbanyama and Anthony Davis is about the same as Anthony Davis and Austin Reeves or Desmond Bain or Luke Kennard. So if you're watching... Lakers versus Memphis, and just see how AD looks next to those guys, that's what Wimbanyama is going to look like next to AD. Like, he's huge, super skilled, good shooter, great handle, moves like a guard. It's, it, I haven't, I've never seen anything like it. It was, it was unbelievable. I saw Porzingis when he was a prospect, but he didn't have the handle, the, the pull-up jumper, the fluidity. Like, yeah, Wimbanyama is incredible. Whoever it's the number one pick. It's a real franchise-changing type of thing. It'd be interesting to see if he can actually fulfill the potential because that's the most amazing part about LeBron James is how here he is 20 years in and he's kept on yep. uh, doing it. And some of the other guys that have had those great projections have, have sort of fallen off, like Christophs Porzingis and, and uh, among others. But anyways, let's talk about the NBA playoffs, though, because I want uh, first of all, I want to just ask you a broad question about how we got to this point because I don't know if you're familiar with the Malcolm Gladwell book, uh, The Tipping Point, but it seems as if we've had a little bit of a tipping point in the NBA. And what I mean by that is the San Antonio Spurs and uh, whatever team LeBron James was on, they, they put a little bit of a priority on, on peaking at the end of the year and, and this load management stuff that now, though, the tipping point has hit and everybody's doing it. And, and I look at the playoffs and I see... The East is pretty stratified. Like, the East, the top three teams are the teams that we thought were going to be the top three teams. But the West, there's a lot of different scenarios in terms of who got what seeds because of who was available, who wasn't available, who was playing, who was not. I guess what I'm getting at is some of the best teams in the West aren't the top seeds. So how much of an influence do you think sort of this tipping point of load management has had on just the landscape of of the playoffs uh, as we're here now in the first round? Yeah, yeah, I think it's massive, um, especially, you know, you look at a a series like Clippers' Suns where Kawhi Leonard is unbelievable, one of the best players of his generation. He's going toe-to-toe with Kevin Durant. Like, these aren't typical fourth and fifth seed in the playoffs, you know, like these, uh, the LeBron-AD combo being on a seventh seed, like that's, that's, uh, you know, kind of unheard of, really. Like, these guys should be on the one, two, three seeds if they had played full seasons. But since their team's only got, you know, 40, 50 games from some of these guys, KD to the Suns is a little different with the with the trade situation. But teams like the Sacramento and Denver, they had really good health throughout the season. Memphis, a little bit less so, but still really healthy. So they wrapped up a lot of regular season wins, but then you end up in a scenario where you're, uh, you have home court advantage, but Kawhi is the fifth seed, Steph is the sixth seed, LeBron is the seventh seed. And, uh, yeah, it, it could lead for a lot of upsets in terms of seeding. We'll, we'll see how things shake out here. Austin Green joining us here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television and an 
the ESPN MT app. Austin, the guy with local ties here in Missoula and around Montana, but a guy who's been working on the national and international level in a variety of different scouting uh, roles as well as just analyzing basketball uh, on the highest level at the highest level in the NBA. So let's talk about the series that everybody's talking about, and that's the series between the Sacramento Kings and the Golden State Warriors. The narrative down the stretch, like the last month of the regular season, was can the Warriors position themselves to get the sixth seed? And if so, how bad of a draw is that for this upstart Sacramento Kings team that hasn't been in the playoffs in almost two decades? But the Kings took care of business in a big way at home twice, and now Draymond Green, the ignition point for the Golden State Warriors, will be suspended for Game 3, the first game in Golden State. So uh, just take us through this series through your eyes, Austin. What have you thought of it so far, and how big is it that the Kings have a 2-0 lead now as they head back to the Bay? Oh, it's huge, especially for a young team to have that confidence, to know that, you know, you're playing against the defending champs, and not only can you hang with them, but they kind of ran them off the floor in game two. Uh, One of my general playoff philosophies is don't overreact to game one. Those are often the most leading, uh, you know, sometimes the highest seed maybe isn't uh, approaching it with the same urgency as the underdog. There's always a ton of adjustments that happen after game one, so don't overreact to that. So, you know, the Kings, great win in game one, super entertaining game. Fox, Monk, these guys are just relentless getting downhill, attacking the basket, hitting big shots. But I was like, okay, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens in game two if they can sustain that. And, yeah, not only did they sustain their good play, they took it to another level. So that's huge for them. And with Golden State, they just they kind of look old and slow right now. Uh, Fox, Monk, Herder, Barnes, Murray, like Davion Mitchell, these, these guys on the Kings, they're young, they're fast. Um, Harrison Barnes is closer to the Warriors guy's age, but he's, he's got some extra motivation because he was on their title team back in the day, and then they replaced him with Kevin Durant, and so he's got a little bit of a, a revenge factor here. So, yeah, and, and then now with Draymond being out, that's, that's huge uh, for the Warriors. He's not a scorer. He doesn't give them much in terms of points, but he gives them a, you know, he's kind of the hub of their offense with his passing. He had 11 assists in game one, five in game two. He's setting screens for Steph freeing him, you know, feeding Steph and Clay the ball where they like it. So he's a crucial part of their team. So, yeah, to to miss him for Game 3 is going to be huge. It's our ESPN Roundtable here on ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app, presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. Paradise Falls has the playoffs on each and every night. they got breakfast, lunch, and dinner, plus an early and a late happy hour, so it's a great place to go watch NBA games no matter what night of the week it is. Go check them out on the south side of Missoula, 3621 Brook Street, Paradise Falls, Missoula's coolest hotspot. Austin Green chatting NBA with me. Uh, one more question about that series, Austin. We have this sort of tried-and-true formula throughout the history of the NBA. And you either need one of the best players in the world playing at the absolute highest level, or you need several of the best players in the league uh, sort of playing with each other at an incredibly high level. Uh, but there's been really no anomalies other than, you know, the Dirk Nowitzkis of the world leading the, these great charges or, you know, LeBron at the height of his powers or when LeBron had the guys ride next to him or you go all the way back to Jordan and Bird and Magic and all these guys. It's either super teams or superstars or a combination of both that have won NBA championships. As of right now, the entire of the Sacramento Kings. They have a bunch of good players, and if you're a fan of the NBA, you certainly know who DeMontis Sabonis is and De'Aaron Fox, maybe even Malik Monk. But to the average person that maybe hasn't tuned in, most of these guys are are up-and-comers at the best and no-namers at the worst. And so how big would this be if if the Kings were actually to make a run at a conference title? Like If they could actually win the West, would this just just turn the NBA on its head? Because the formula has been pretty tried and true for the last four decades plus. 
Yeah, it would be an incredible accomplishment for them. I, I think, in general, teams are still going to approach it as you need one of the five, six best guys in the league. You know, you need your LeBron, KD, Steph, Kawhi, you know, Jason Tatum's maybe up in that area now. Like, um, you, you still need one of those guys, I think. But I think what we're seeing from Sacramento is De'Aaron Fox might be one of those dudes. Like, he is unbelievable. 38 points in his playoff debut in game one. Uh, he's always had elite quickness, good size for a point guard at 6'5", but now his IQ and his skill set have caught up to his physical tools, and that makes him a huge problem. His, he's improved as a shooter, so if teams are sagging off of him, he's comfortable pulling up for that three-point shot. He has great touch in the mid-range, in the paint, lightning quick, like maybe the fastest player in the league, so he's impossible to stay in front of. Good footwork. He's a lefty, which always kind of throws guys off. And then, uh, and then he won the Clutch Player of the Year award for the regular season, which is the first time the NBA has done this. So throughout the season, he's built a resume of going toe to toe with the best guys in the league, coming out on top, hitting big shots. So for him, this might just be a, a national, you know, breakout situation where he might end up being the best player in a series that has Steph Curry in it. He might get to round two and be the best player in a series that has LeBron James or John Morant in it. So I, th I think what we're seeing is the rise of Fox. And then Sacramento has done a really excellent job of building the team around him. Sabonis with his passing, rebounding, low-post scoring, he's a great complement to Fox. And then they just got a lot of shooters, a lot of size on the wings, guys like Kevin Herter, Harrison Barnes, Keegan Murray. All these guys are like 6'7", 6'8". They can shoot. They can pass a little bit. They can defend a little bit. So... Yeah, they've put a really good team around it, and then Mike Brown uh, should be the should be coach of the year, new head coach who they hired from the Golden State staff. So, yeah, all in all, really uh, incredible, well-rounded team they've put together in Sacramento. And I wouldn't be shocked at all if, if they end up in the conference finals. Making it to the finals is another thing, but you know, uh, when, once you get to the final four, you got a shot. You're a, you're a twisted ankle away from making it. Mike Brown, you got to be so happy for him given all the ups and downs of his career. Now he has this really well-constructed and really fun team. But then there's also just this looming narrative that the defending champion Warriors are coming. And then if the Kings were to get past the Warriors, then there's the other looming narrative of either John Morant and the Grizzlies, who have been sort of the darlings of the NBA the last couple of years, the up-and-coming team that's now got sort of the target on their backs as the two-seed in the West. But they got to get, get past all the old men. Well, LeBron's got to believe he's got one more run left in him. Uh, especially because this is probably his last best chance to actually win a championship if, and I'm not saying the Lakers are going to win the championship. I think they're a long ways away from that. But if LeBron's going to do it as a true, you know, one or two best players on his team, I think I think this is it. I think his window is narrowing. And uh, they played like that uh, in their game one win. So uh, are, are we getting ahead of ourselves too much, Austin, if, if we're dreaming of Warriors-Lakers? Or what do you think of this Lakers-Grizzlies series, uh, especially with the way the Lakers have played here these last couple weeks? Yeah, I'm sure the uh, the NBA league offices, the broadcast partners, I'm sure everybody was wanting LeBron versus Steph, just the, uh, the sure. box office, the historical implications and everything. So for the Kings to, to be the ones to blow that up would be uh, would be pretty interesting. For the Lakers, again, I wouldn't, wouldn't overreact too much to game one. You know, we'll see what happens in game two. But Memphis, it's really going to depend on how healthy John Morant is. You know, this, this ended up being kind of a blowout in game one. But up until the last three, four minutes, it was basically a one-point game. Memphis had the lead for a little while. So with Jaw getting hurt on a, on a charge hurting his hand, um, you know, that's going to be a huge factor. If he's 90% or, or pretty much good to go, I think Memphis still has a really good shot. But if he's, uh, if he's not, you know, 
able to be his, himself in terms of a scorer, a passer, then I think the Lakers are, are probably going to end up rolling here. Now, again, health is paramount. Uh, for every team, Lakers in particular, uh, you know, you worry about LeBron being 38 years old if he pulls a hamstring or something like that. Like those are just, even though he's superhuman, that that type of stuff happens as players get older. And then Anthony Davis, like twice a game, it seems like he might be out for the rest of the playoffs. So if the Lakers can keep those two guys healthy, I think Austin Reeves is a real thing. I think he's, you know he's a consistent producer. Dennis Schroeder, Malik Beasley—they've got some some other guys on the roster who can who can pick up some of the scoring. And uh, yeah, if they if they get out of the second round, that would be a fascinating matchup if they end up playing uh, if they end up playing Sacramento in the second round, where again it's the Kings with their speed, their youth, their athleticism going up against kind of this bully ball Lakers team. So I, I think that would be fascinating to watch. But again, I, I wouldn't underestimate Memphis, especially if, uh, if Morant is good to go. The NBA is so interesting the way it ebbs and flows, and the luxury tax makes it so that teams can potentially stay together longer, but also there's just this sort of omnipresent attitude that, you know, it's just the highest level of AAU, and guys are going to team up and go play with each other, and you never know how rosters are going to go. But it's always interesting to, to analyze the windows that teams have left. And you look at the other team in L.A., the Clippers, and how they leverage basically their entire future for the here and now. And last year, they fell flat on their face with that uh, core that they traded everything for. And now here they are, and uh, they made a statement in Game 1, but like you said, can't react too much to Game 1. And then Phoenix took it to them last night. I thought Phoenix looked great last night and uh, really reaffirmed themselves as certainly a contender in the West. But in terms of just last gas, where are we at with the Clippers? How how narrow is their window? And are they the number one last gasp in the league? Or, or, or do you point to the Lakers? Do you point to Philadelphia? Where, where are we at with just the teams that have uh, small windows and how that desperate might add to this playoff picture. Yeah, that's a that's a really interesting way to look at it. I would I would say maybe the Lakers, in terms of uh, first on the last gasp list, mainly just because of LeBron's age, and he, he's still unbelievable. I would bet on him being you know uh, a top. 10, 15 guy again next season. Like the, the, the guy's incredible, but you know, at some point it's got to stop. So you, you just, uh, I would, I would worry a little bit about the Lakers going forward. I think they got to seize this opportunity. Clippers are right there, right there with them. Um, it's interesting with Kawhi, you know, sat out most of the season doing the load management stuff, like you said, as he's recovering from an ACL tear. Uh, but now that he's back out there and, and back up to speed, like he looks like he did in, 2018, 2019, when he was one of the best players in the world, won the finals MVP with the Raptors, and he's just just a monster. So tough to stop, so strong, so skilled, brings it on the defensive end. So I I wouldn't be shocked if the Clippers beat the Suns. Um, I would be surprised, but not shocked. And then if they get out of that, then uh, then I think they're right up there with the Bostons and Milwaukee's and other title contenders because, uh, yeah, they're not... Denver in the second round, I think that's a pretty good matchup uh, for Kawhi. And uh, then they would get Paul George back, who's missing this first series. He's their second-best player. If they can get him back for the second round, that would be big. So Clippers mortgage the future. This is kind of the the opportunity where they have to seize it. Uh, but they got Kevin Durant, Devin Booker in the first round. So that's a, it's a tough scenario. But, yeah, I think if, if, they, um, if they get one of these games in L.A., it's 2-2 going back to Game 5 in Phoenix. I think it's, it's pretty much 50-50 at that point. 
Nuwana's Now ESPN Radio. It's our ESPN Roundtable. Austin Green, a global scout for Cerebro Sports, also an NBA basketball analyst and a good friend of this show, guy with University of Montana ties, who joins us uh, a couple times a year, the last couple years, to talk all things NBA. Uh, and that's exactly what we're doing, talking NBA playoffs. Uh, Austin, I know we're running out of time here, so one last question for you. I- I've been pushing our guy Andrew Houghton on this for, for the last month or so and we whenever we talk NBA. And I always talk about how it's all fine and dandy to, to say all these great upstart teams and teams that could win a playoff series or two or even three. But I think it's a pretty definitive line in the sand of teams that, in my mind, entering the playoffs and now even just a couple games into the first round of the playoffs could actually win the championship. I think the Bucks are the overwhelming favorites. I know Giannis Antetokounmpo's health is now up in the air and that will certainly be a big impact if he misses significant time, that's incredibly detrimental to my my prognosis that the Bucks are the favorites. But I can't really see anybody besides the Bucks, the Celtics, and uh, if Joel Embiid stays healthy, maybe the Sixers win in the East. And I can't see really anybody besides the Warriors and the Suns win in the West. Talk me out of it. Is there anybody else in your mind that could actually be a bona fide contender to make a run all the way to the finals and actually win the NBA championship? Yeah, no, it's, I think I'm with you that it's uh, as wide open as things have seemed. I think it's maybe a shorter list because a couple of those teams at the top, while they may not be considered super teams, you know, the, the Boston and Milwaukee, I think, are just kind of head and shoulders above everybody else. I'd be hesitant to call Milwaukee the overwhelming favorite just because Boston, super well-rounded team. They went to the finals last year. Uh, Bucks didn't have Chris Middleton in that series. He's back now and uh, and looked pretty good in Game One against Miami. So yeah, Boston though. I just uh, I like the wing combo of Brown and Tatum. I like how adaptable they are. That's that's something in, in playoff basketball. Adaptability is huge. You need to have different lineup options you can go to to be able to play big, play small. You need multiple ball handlers. You need somebody who can come in off the bench and, and give you a spark if your stars don't have it going. And I think Boston has all those ingredients. They're a defensive-minded team. And you can say a lot of the same things about Milwaukee. And if, and if Giannis is healthy and good to go, then I think he's the best player in the world. And a lot of times with the NBA, as we were saying, if you got the best guy on, in the, on the court, like you, uh, you have a pretty good chance. So, yeah, I think it's I think it's for sure Milwaukee or Boston coming out of the East. I'd be pretty surprised about Philly. I think they would maybe need some injury luck uh, for that to happen. And then in the West, it's I mean it's a crapshoot right now. I would I would bet on Phoenix if I had to choose one with Durant uh, with Booker who had 38 last night and is uh, maybe the best shooting guard in the league right now. Like Devin Booker is crazy good, but Phoenix doesn't have much depth. Durant and Chris Paul are are injury concerns as we get into the later rounds. So, yeah, if it's not Phoenix out west, then, uh, like I said, maybe Clippers, if they get past Phoenix at that point, Paul George comes back. They have some of the adaptability and the depth pieces that I was talking about. But, yeah, after that, I don't know. I don't don't think – I wouldn't bet on the Lakers – uh, with LeBron and, and AD having to stay healthy for four series uh, to actually win the whole thing. So, yeah, I think it's pretty clear Boston-Milwaukee 1-2, and then I'd put Phoenix 3 after that a bunch of question marks. He's Austin Green. He'll join us again, I promise you, uh, in the next uh, little while while we talk NBA playoffs, probably closer to the conference finals as well as uh, the NBA draft. Austin, tell people uh, if they want to find your work, if they want to follow along uh, to any and all the things you got going on when it comes to talking and writing about pro basketball, how can they find you? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter. It's at Los Crossovers. Uh, That was a blog I started when I moved to Spain back in 2015 after I graduated from the J School. So I still got that Twitter account going uh, for basketball stuff. You can follow that. 
And then uh, actually next week I'll be in Phoenix for the Nike EYBL for a few days, the, uh, one of the biggest AAU circuits. So I'll go see some of the uh, top high school age players. And then I'm praying that that Suns Clippers series goes to seven games. Uh, because if it does, I'll be down there for game seven. So personally, that's what I'm rooting for. Well, very good. We will certainly be in touch, but thanks for making some time for us today, man. Good to hear from you. Sounds good. Always always uh, got some time for uh, for this show, Colton. Austin Green, fun talking to that guy. He's back around, so maybe next time he'll be here. The first couple of times we talked to him, he was first time I think he was international, then he was on the other side of the country, and now he's back in Missoula for a little while. So maybe we'll get the guy in here and uh, – you can see what he looks like on TV. Not that that's a big selling point of this show. Hell, I've been on TV for five years. Nobody wants to see me on TV. ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls. Paradise Falls will have the NBA playoffs on every single night and on the weekends when it's on during the day as well. They got breakfast, lunch, dinner, food and drink specials all the time, 18 draft beers, 20-plus TVs. Go check out the NBA playoffs down at Paradise Falls 3621 Brook Street, Paradise Falls. Missoula's coolest hotspot. Why is the NBA so much better than college basketball? How about some of the latest state bests, including a girl's javelin throw that's one of the top ten in the nation. Treasure State's best track and field plus an NBA non-debate. Next, keep it right here. Nuan is now ESPN Radio. I am here with Catherine DeLands of The Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, The Advocates can surely help you. Yeah, I mean, the sooner you call us, the better. You know, we're available 24-7, consultations are free, and when you've been in that accident, insurance companies are going to be jumping all over you to talk. So give us a call first and get yourself an attorney. 406-640-4444 or online, montanaadvocates.com. Free consultations, the Montana Advocates reminding you that you deserve an advocate. One, two, three. One is now on ESPN Radio. Daft Punk has to be one of the great, like, underground bands. Like, if you knew, you knew, but then you didn't really know. And then all of a sudden they did the song with Pharrell Williams, and then everybody knew, and then they found all of the old Daft Punk stuff, and people realized how rad they were. I was looking for... Around the World by Puff Daddy to intro our good buddy Austin Green because he has been Around the World. And when I typed it in, I got Around the World by Puff Daddy, Around the World by Daft Punk. That's what inspired the music from hour number one, all the uh, electronica dance style music. And uh, next, we have another Around the World. I'll let you guess what it's going to be. That's coming up here in just a minute. Welcome back, ESPN Radio. SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app. Thanks so much for uh, hanging out with us here on your Wednesday. We are, despite the weather, into the heart of track season. These first couple weeks of our Treasure State's Best, highlighting the best. Track times from the week at the high school level. I've been trying to just get as many names and as many impressive performances out there. But we're going to, now that we have some sort of marks established, we'll start to hone it in and be more specific about athletes that are having great years so far. And also new state bests that occur each week. we got to say thanks to our, our great friends, 
Mike and the folks down at Paul's Pancake Parlor, Paul's Pancake Parlor, an institution in Missoula. If you never tried it, you got to go. It's not just the pancakes. They got such good breakfast food across the board, but they also have a whole lunch menu as well. So go check out Paul's Pancake Parlor down there at the Trimpers Shopping Center. Appreciate them. You're number two now of them helping us bring you the Treasure State's best in track and field each spring. The first young man I want to highlight is a young man who is absolutely shredding Class C right now. It's Owen Hogue. He is a senior at Sealy Swan High School. He was outstanding last year, but he has taken it to the next level. And now this young man, how about this? A Division I opportunity at West Point. He's going Class C to D1, but he's doing it for the United States Army, going to West Point. Really, really cool. And uh, there's a reason why. He's one of the best sprinters in the state of Montana. Uh, this last week, he ran 11.09 seconds in the 100 meters. That's the fastest time in Class C and the second fastest time in the state. He ran a blazing time of 22 seconds, 22.11 in the 200 meters. Best time in the state, period, all class. And he also has the best 400-meter time in the state at around 52 seconds. That's what gets you a D1 scholarship. That also is what gets you uh, recognition as one of the athletes to watch uh, around the Class C ranks and around the wide world of track and field. Another young man we've mentioned a couple times already this season, but it's worth mentioning again because he's also off to an outstanding start. I know this young man is very uh, hungry to reconcile what happened last year. It's Tom Carter. He's a Helena Capital senior. He uh, is headed to Montana State to play football. Last year, he was the state champion at the Class AA level in the 200 meters, but he had the best 100-meter time in the state going into the AA meet, and then he faltered, and he ended up uh, placing but not winning, and I know he's hungry to win. And in terms of the seating right now, he's the number one hundred meter time uh, has the number one hundred meter time in the state of Montana. He ran ten point nine three seconds two weeks ago. First guy to break eleven seconds uh, in the hundred so far this year. He also has a season best time of twenty two point four five seconds in the two hundred. That's the second fastest time all class in the state behind uh, just Hogue. Speaking of sprinters on the girls' side. Ave Roberts of Billings Skyview is off to an outstanding start of her senior year. She has the top 100-meter time in the state, 12.3 seconds, and the top 200-meter time in the state, 26.15 seconds. That 12.3 is uh, creeping up towards historic levels. Jaden Wolf ran 12.1 seconds last year at the AA uh, state meet to, to set the all-class state record in the 100 meters. So Ave Roberts is already, I mean, I wouldn't say, she, she's in the neighborhood. She's not on the same block yet, but she's in the neighborhood. And .2 seconds to shave off between now and state, uh, it, it can be done. So she's off to a great start uh, for her senior year. Another one to, to highlight, I was wondering what had happened to this gal, and then I realized that she had resurfaced. Taylor Chirik was uh, a multiple event placer at the Class AA meet at Billings West last year. Uh, and then... I started reading Taylor Chirik from Roberts during basketball, Class C school. So she has uh, moved to a, a small town, and uh, she's putting up pretty good marks again. Again, she was a, a podium placer in multiple events at the Class AA meet last year, and uh, she has now the top 400-meter uh, time in the state so far, 59.43 seconds. Uh, that is good enough to, to win at any level in Montana right now, but at the Class C level, an outstanding time. So Taylor Churik, uh, from AA to Class C, but she's certainly uh, off to a great start. In terms of some of the top hurdlers right now, Merrick Mahelish 
uh, a boy from Helena Capital. He has the top two hurdles times in the state in terms of the short hurdles and the long hurdles. 14.55 seconds in the 110-meter hurdles, 39.70 seconds in the long hurdles. He's the only runner under 40 seconds so far uh, in the long hurdles. And then we talked about this next young lady with new Missoula Sentinel track coach Dylan Roberts yesterday. Uh, This is a great story. Brianna Smith is a freshman at Missoula Sentinel. She's never done track and field before. She came out for track, and they told her, okay, let's let's start you running some of the sprints. But then she tried the 400 meters, and she did really, really well. Ran, I think, a one minute and one second, which is already an automatic qualifying time for state and, and one of the top times in the state so far. And so then they said, well, let's try you at the 200. Or excuse me, at the 800 meters. Brianna Smith goes out and runs two minutes and 17 seconds at the 800 meters. That's like a borderline collegiate time. She's a freshman in high school. The all-class record for reference is two minutes and eight seconds in the 800 meters. So she's nine seconds away from that. But 208 in the 800 is getting you a D1 full ride all day long. So she is absolutely uh, a a prodigy as only a, a, a freshman at Missoula Sentinel and, and certainly a name to watch here moving forward. Our Treasure State's best. Highlighting the best track and field marks from the, the week that was from around the state of Montana. Presented by Paul's Pancake Parlor. Go visit our friends down at Paul's. They're in the Trampers Shopping Center. Excellent service. Great food. Awesome atmosphere. Make you feel right at home. Thanks to Paul's Pancake Parlor for helping us bring you the best track and field times. How about some of the new state bests from around the state from over the last week? In the boys' discus... Anthony Oaks of Great Falls CMR threw the disc 165 feet, 4 inches. That's the new best mark in the state. Levi Reynoso of Corvallis High School threw the javelin 183 feet. That's the best mark in the jab all class in the state so far. Aiden Simmons of Helena High, he went 6'6 in the high jump. First guy in the state to go that high. We had a whole bunch of guys on all classes that had gone 6'4 here early on. But 6'6 in the high jump, the best mark in the state for Aiden Simmons so far out of Helena High. Taylor Searle, who's a guy who has been a a standout in multiple sports at Hamilton High School, he has the best pole vault mark in the state now after going 14 feet and 7 inches last week. And then Josiah Hambira of Luster Christian. Luster Christian was a great story during high school basketball. Uh, They went undefeated all the way until the semifinals of the state tournament, ended up losing in the semis but still got a place there. Uh, so still got a trophy at the Class C State Tournament. But Josiah Hambira, who was on that team, uh, he now has the top triple jump in the state, 44 feet, 1 inch. That's one of those ones where you just pop that and you're just like, whoa, how did I do that? I mean, that, that he wasn't even in the top 10 before this week, and then his name, boom, pops up on the on the top 10 on, athletic, on athletic.net. Uh, so good job by him. And uh, anytime a Class C kid has the top mark in the state, you know uh, they are doing big things. On the girls' side, here's some of the new top marks in the state. Olivia Lewis of Corvallis. She ran 45.75 seconds in the long hurdles. Sadie Smith of Frenchtown, one of the best basketball players in the state. She's also a great track and field uh, participant. She has the best shot put in the state. First young lady so far in high school track to throw the shot put 40 feet. She's at exactly 40 feet and uh, probably a mark she'll improve on. Speaking of Frenchtown, Charlie Ham is the first... 11-foot-plus pole vaulter on the girls' side. She went 11-1 and last week. And then a couple 
Missoula Sentinel athletes have the top triple jumps in the state. Does that sound familiar? They have a triple jump factory going on over there at Missoula Sentinel, both long and triple jump. They put a couple girls in the Power Five uh, a couple years ago. Lauren Hagan still competing out there at University of Washington. Ashley McElmurray competing at the University of Nebraska. Well, the McElmurrays, they know how to long and triple jump. Audrey McElmurray, she's triple jumping at Sac State. Emily McElmurray, the third McElmurray sister, she now has the top triple jump in the state of Montana at 38 feet and one inch. So she continues her family legacy. But Avon Kellenberg, Ava Kellenberg, excuse me, out of Missoula Sentinel, she also has a top mark in the triple jump. She has the second best mark in the state of Montana, 37 feet, 6.75 inches. And then the last mark we'll highlight here on our Treasure State's Best. How about Elisa Keller out of Billings West? 147 feet, 5 inches in the javelin. That is not only far and away the top javelin throw in the state of Montana. That is the eighth best throw in the United States of America for a high school girl so far this year. That's amazing. 150 is like the un- is like the untouchable gold standard of javelin in, in the high school ranks in Montana. If you could throw 150, you're going to be getting looks from everywhere in the country. And uh, Alisa Keller, almost to 150 already, 147.5, top 10 in the United States so far uh, out of Billings West. Pretty darn impressive. Thanks to Paul's Pancake Parlor for presenting our Treasure State's Best. Each week, we'll update the best track and field marks from around the state of Montana. Why is the NBA unquestionably better than college basketball? We'll discuss next. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Coulter Nuanas coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company on behalf of both ESPN Missoula and Skyline Sports. Here with some of our friends from Blackfoot Communications, one of our great business partners at both entities. They've done so much for us in helping us develop so many different things at Skyline Sports. Also help bring you our ESPN Radio podcast network as well. We're here with Hannah Kreiss from Blackfoot Communications. She is a business development representative. Tell people just about your history at Blackfoot. How long have you been at Blackfoot? Yeah, I've been at Blackfoot three years now. When it comes to just uh, your actual job title, what is it that you do? I mean, what is your primary things that uh, go on in your day-to-day at Blackfoot? Yeah, so I target and work with small businesses um, and just helping them get connected to internet and phone services, just smaller grade equipment and services that they might need and not all of the bigger enterprise. What's your favorite part about your job at Blackfoot? I like connecting with people and meeting new people and going out and just having those conversations and getting to know them in the community. And how about just the organization in general? I mean, it it seems like such a great company to work for. Yeah, absolutely. It's very community-based, very family-oriented inside as well, and it's definitely very enjoyable. If you want to find out more about Blackfoot Communications in general, visit goblackfoot.com. Great website, very easy to navigate. They can help you with all sorts of things, from small business development to any sort of fiber, internet, communications, anything like that. Small business networking, all of it. Visit goblackfoot.com. I was hoping Tommy could hear because uh, one of the battles that Tommy and I got going on, Red Hot Chili Peppers, he doesn't necessarily love them. I love them. He hates John Mayer. I like John Mayer. We, we got a couple battlegrounds going. Tommy's busy, though. He's doing live remote style, announcing the River City Roots Festival. See how they do it over there at the trail? They're way ahead of the game. We're in April, and River City Roots doesn't roll around till August, but we got the lineup 
uh, already all rolled out. They'll probably have some stuff on online about all that, so go check it out. And uh, if you ever change the channel from ESPN Radio, you can always change it one notch up the dial. 103.3 The Trail, Montana's Quality Rock. Hope you have a great Wednesday. Thanks so much for uh, spending time with us here on your Wednesday. If you missed anything in today's show, got to a lot today. That, that's sort of the way we roll, especially this time of year. Matt Logie introduced as the head coach at Montana State officially, so we heard a couple sound bites from his opening press conference for men's hoops. Michael Jordan and the world, he made a continued conversation about the moment in time, the place, all that stuff, uh, when it comes to the rise of one of the most famous and iconic stars, not just sports stars, but stars we've ever had. We also uh, talked to Austin Green, our ESPN roundtable, with one of our go-to guys when it comes to talking the NBA, talked all things NBA playoffs, and we also gave you our Treasure State's best, best individual marks from around the state of Montana in high school track and field. All of it can be found on the Nuanas Now podcast, which is probably presented by Blackfoot Communications. Blackfoot Communications, helping you connect to more. Visit goblackfoot.com. Podcast also presented by the M Store, where they're all grizz all the time. Go check them out. Downtown Missoula, the corner of uh, Higgins and Broadway. They have a new Apple Store within the M Store as well, so a great place to pick up your Apple products as well as uh, maybe get some services. If you need your Apple products fixed, they can help you. The Nuanas Now Podcast, also proudly presented by the Montana State Bookstore. We'll be in Bozeman on Friday. Uh, anytime you're in Bozeman, swing by. It's your best place to get your blue and gold on game day or any other day uh, there on the Montana State campus. We'll be coming to you live from Sky Shed, which is the rooftop bar and restaurant at the Armory Hotel right in the heart of downtown Bozeman, right there on Mendenhall Street. So if you're in and around Bozeman on Friday, swing in, come say hi, come hang out with us. Uh, we are getting y'all set up for the spring game there in Bozeman, the Sunny Holland Spring Classic, which will take place at Bobcat Stadium on Saturday afternoon. Uh, eager to get a good look at the Cats. I have always, I mean, in my 10 years covering uh, Montana State football intensively and my 17 years covering the Big Sky Conference, this is the first year I didn't go to any spring ball practices for either Montana or Montana State. There's a lot of reasons for that. But we did give you full coverage of the Grizz Spring game, so we'll do the same thing on the other side of the rivalry. Head on over to Bozeman on Saturday. Uh, ton to look at. We'll talk about some of those uh, main storylines and things to watch and position groups to watch and all that uh, moving forward here. Uh, probably tomorrow and the following day as well. But excited to be there at Skyshed. Excited to be kicking it there at the Armory Hotel and excited to see uh, some football on Saturday, one last PSA for you before we talk some NBA here to, to end Nuanas now. Saturday, between 11 and 3 at Dazzler's Car Wash, they have a meet-and-greet customer appreciation event going on. There'll be a bunch of Grizz football players down there signing autographs and hanging out and uh, being amongst the people. They'll have hamburgers and hot dogs. And anybody that goes down there and buys a car wash, you're going to be entered to win a year worth of free car washes. That sounds pretty good. The other thing you might see is the exchange of the number 37 jersey. Marcus Wellnell, now a former Grizz out of Helena Capital, he wore the 37 jersey, the vaunted legacy number for the Grizz last fall. And he did it well uh, during an all-big-sky senior year. 
he will then officially pass that jersey down. Uh, so a lot of worthy candidates. I, I'd probably say Braxton Hill out of Anaconda, Levi Janicaro out of Missoula Big Sky, um, maybe Tyler Flink uh, out of Missoula Big Sky, maybe Garrett Graves out of Eureka. All, all those guys probably the, the, the top candidates to get the number 37 jersey. But if you want to go see that exchange or you just want to go get your car washed or you want a hamburger or you want to see the Grizz or you want a combination of all those things, go check out Dazzler's Car Wash's Customer Appreciation Day. Saturday between 11 and 3, right here on Radio Way, right across the street from us here at Missoula Broadcasting Company. Now, I, I've said this already. I've led with this, and, and uh, I, I'm back ending it, but I don't want to sound like a hater, but I hear this narrative all the time. I hear so often when I'm talking NBA or I'm watching NBA, people just sort of out of the side of their mouth say things like, the NBA is stupid. I don't like the NBA. The NBA is not good basketball. My favorite one, though, is they don't play defense in the NBA. If you believe that, then I don't believe that you know how to watch or understand the sport of basketball. You might catch like a, a, a mid-February game between two 12th place teams in the NBA, and there could be a pretty variable level of effort. I will totally agree with that. I also can totally agree with why people are turned off by this load management era. If you are carving out time in your life to sit down and watch on television or to attend a game and you paid great money for the tickets and the superstar that you went to watch doesn't play, that's frustrating. I I can also see why people would think it's frustrating that guys are sitting out to sort of make themselves better for the end. But we've all also created this narrative where championships are of the utmost importance to the legacy of NBA players. Therefore, then, from a pure business standpoint and from a pure legacy standpoint, being at your best during the most important time of year is smart. I've accepted the load management era for what it is. I've accepted all of those little details that I just said. I don't spend any time going out of my way to watch the NBA during the regular season. But when the load management comes to fruition, now you have the playoffs. And now you have almost all of the superstars that are available, although John Morant's out for Game 2 for the Grizzlies and Giannis Antetokounmpo just announced out for Game 2 for the Bucks. But either way, most of the, the primary subjects, the most noticeable and recognizable names in the NBA, are healthy for these playoffs. And thus far, the playoffs have been outstanding. If, if you think they don't play defense in the NBA, watch harder. They play such complex defensive schemes. The thing about the NBA is almost everybody on the court can shoot. So they can't run the crazy traps and zones that you can in college. You, you have to play straight up. You have to have certain defensive rules. Sometimes you do have to double the superstars, and then all of a sudden the role players are the ones that have to knock down shots. But don't believe the notion that there's no defense played in the NBA. That's trash. That's trash. It's just untrue. Also, though, I think people think there's no defense played in the NBA because the best shot makers in the NBA, it doesn't matter what kind of defense you play. If they're on and they're shooting it well, they're going to make it. If Kevin Durant is rolling, you can't stop him. If Kawhi Leonard's rolling, you can't stop him. If Steph Curry's rolling, you can't stop him. But the level of execution, the level of pace, the level of physical fitness, the explosiveness athletically, I mean, again, I totally understand the draw of young people fighting for this, this ultimate championship in the NCAA tournament. 
The single elimination of it is so great. The storylines, the agony, the ecstasy, the emotion, I get all of why you like it. But if you're telling me from a pure basketball standpoint that that's better than what is going on right now in the NBA playoffs, you're just wrong. It's not an opinion, it's a fact. There is such high level of shot making going on. Like if you watch the Suns last night, just ripping the net. I mean, Chris Paul looks like flash from the past 2010 Chris Paul. Kevin Durant looks like he's at his peak. I just I, I just think that it's so ridiculous that sometimes people believe the cliches and they don't give it a chance. Am I off base here, Andrew? I mean, the NBA playoffs has been so great. I know you're you're a big NBA guy, so you're, you're I'm just preaching the choir right now if I'm just talking to you. I'm right there with you, man. I mean, yeah, it's tough to to diagnose what these guys are doing on defense because there's so many things that you can do, and it's so complicated. Right. And you can't play zone, and everybody's going to try to pitch, put you in pick and roll. I mean, yeah. the things that NBA teams do to react to just a simple pick and roll, to make sure that they're staying home on the shooters, to make sure that they're sticking close to the right guys, the different types of coverages that they can run, it's it's pretty out there. It, it absolutely is. We'll continue talking about this tomorrow. We also have Carolyn Chino's No Sports coming up tomorrow. Our Big Sky Spotlight Series continues with Andy Thompson, New Sac State head coach, and Grizz Great, Colt Anderson. Our Montana Football Hall of Fame interview series begins. See you tomorrow. You want us now, ESPN Radio. What's up, everybody? It's Colter Nuanez. From your favorite daily sports talk show, Nuanas Now, which airs live each weekday between 4 and 6 p.m. on 102.9 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide television, SWX Montana TV, and worldwide on the ESPN MT app. And of course, as you're listening right now, you can always find Nuanas Now archived as well on the Nuanas Now podcast. One of the biggest events on campus every single year at Montana State is the MSU Spring Rodeo. Get rodeo ready with the MSU Bookstore all month long. MSU Rodeo tees and equine accessories will be available starting on April 10th. All month long, you can get three t-shirts for $25, two crewnecks for $50, or two hoodies for $55. Go check out all the great rodeo gear at the Montana State Bookstore on the MSU campus. The Montana State Bookstore also does a great job of giving back some of their proceeds to help reduce textbook costs for students across the MSU community. And of course, it's your go-to place to get your blue and gold on game day or any other day. Montana State's rodeo team, as prestigious and nationally powerful as they come. So if you're planning on heading to the spring rodeo, swing by the MSU bookstore first. When you're in need of some Bobcat gear, Go check out the Montana State Bookstore located in the Strand Union Building on the Montana State campus in Bozeman, Montana.